It's one of the most iconic moments in sports history, the raised fist protest at the 1968 Olympics. Special correspondent James Brown says 51 years later, the Americans who staged that protest are entering the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame. Tommy Smith's fist was the highest. He had just won the 200-meter gold medal. Right next to him was bronze medalist and teammate John Carlos. People could not understand. It was not about the flag. It was a chance to heighten the idea that we must eradicate stupidity called racism. It was a statement through symbolism. The gloved fists represented power. The head bowed represent prayer or faith. The feet with the pants rolled represented poverty. One of the most important things was making a statement without saying a word. The reaction was swift. Smith and Carlos were suspended from the national team and immediately sent home. They were vilified, at one point homeless and unemployed. They were vilified, at one point homeless and unemployed. They were vilified, at one point homeless and unemployed. Although I had 11 more records, I was washing cars just to feed my son. I couldn't find a job because they viewed me as a radical person who was dangerous. Smith and Carlos eventually recovered. Smith and Carlos eventually recovered. Smith and Carlos eventually recovered. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Big VJ Check It In. Today's conversation, beloved, you're going to talk about some history. We're going to go back in time, 1968 to be exact, and we, beloved, are going to have a conversation about some history, right? How about that? How about that, right? As many of you guys already know, this platform is based off the comments. It's not original thought. We ain't sitting in the back making it up. <laughs> a comment is put on the floor. A comment is put on the table, and then we have a conversation about it, right? So we definitely appreciate everybody that reached out to us through YouTube, through Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. I don't know now, man. We on like, I don't know. The uh, the platform is growing. We're on a bunch of platforms now. You know what I'm saying? I just, um, <laughs> we just hit the submit button and we're on a bunch of platforms now. I want to say maybe, was it a week ago? Uh, we, we was having a conversation about what went down in Montgomery, right? And then. We got a bunch of comments out of that Montgomery conversation, right? So shout out to everybody that always come up to the platform and show us love. Because again, beloved comments is the engine and the fuse of the machine, right? Um, we don't we don't ask you guys to subscribe. We don't ask you guys to donate money, right? We keep the cash app up just in case. Uh, somebody want to work out a deal in which they want to advertise something, 
but just for viewers and listeners to send the money. <laughs> no, we okay. Just keep the money. Uh, if you do want to give some money, do us the biggest favor and find someone. If not in your family, right? Find someone in your community that you physically see and did the research on that's doing the work. I'm okay. You know, we we have uh, there's some things moving around over here, so we're all right. We don't need the money. <laughs> we appreciate it though, right? What we do need from our family that listen to this podcast is participation. And the participation that we ask for comes in the form of a comment, right? Because I don't know, you know, this podcast is different from the others because we talk back and forth one to another. We just have conversations, right? So um, we appreciate it. We're humbled. Even though we ask for the comments when we do get them, beloved, we're humbled over here, man. We appreciate it, right? Um, it is a beautiful thing, right, to see our brother B. Harris always drop something. Uh, Mr. Wack Flamethrower, our brother Leo, A. Hunt Jr., you know, our brother uh, Shomoel. We appreciate it. It's love. Our sister Renee, it's love, man. We we appreciate it. I, I hate to even start throwing names because, man, I feel like, man, I had to start calling out a bunch of names. But we appreciate everybody. Um we got a beautiful message from our sister, Princess Sarah Bay. Sister, I got your voice messages. We appreciate you guys. This is the family. This is the tribe. This is all love over here. Lord Iceman, we got your voicemail, right? In fact, Lord Iceman, he has his own platform, TK In-House Sports and Entertainment. We appreciate it. Uh, Sima J, our brother from Chicago, we appreciate it, right? We don't take any thing for granted we talk to the family we speak back it's just what it is um our brother 10 speed beloved the entire game right the entire game right we appreciate everybody in the tribe that reach out to us and and holler at us um but going back to the montgomery riverfront fight conversation that we had um the comments that show up on Spotify is a lot different than the ones that show up on YouTube. The difference is I can't respond back. I can't just hit the reply button. They haven't updated. They haven't put that on that platform just yet. So I can't just hit the reply button and just say, or send a link or uh, confirm something I may have said or verify something I may have said, right? Because in that conversation, we got a comment from our brother, ran 68 and he said and i quote you said some misinfo tommy smith and john carlos both had jobs after the 1968 olympics carlos worked for puma after a year in football smith went to college and he puts i guess the shrug shoulders or something to that degree right all right that's what we're here for if there's a misunderstanding and Misinformation is put on the floor. <laughs> Misinformation is put on the table. Beloved, we'll be more than happy to have a conversation about it, clear it up. How about that, right? How about that? I want to say this before we even go into the conversation because um, there's books that's written on our brother Tommy Smith and John Carlos. 
There's also autobiographies that have been produced. So men tell their own story. Now, today we're going to use an article uh, from Wordus, and we're just going to go down by point by point by point, have a conversation, right? Because again, misinformation is on the table. So the the source we're going to use today is an article uh, from 2008. It's a six minute read. We're just going to go through it very quickly and just, you know, show opposition where we're coming from, right? Again, it's going to be Reuters. Like we do here, we're going to always put the link up to the article that we use. I feel as though that um, we're going to have a conversation about that, but I'm going to clear that up. I take some responsibility. The reason why I'd say I take some is because when I post videos, um, well, let me say it this way. When the podcast come across on the, um, let's say like Apple, right, or other platforms, it's just an audio. When it comes across on YouTube, obviously it's a video with an, with an audio, right? It has a background. And then Spotify, it's the same. Normally, beloved, I always put the clips of the sources when I'm talking to line up so people could see what I'm talking about when I'm talking. But I'm not going to be, I'm going to keep it a hundred. I was, uh, we didn't do it that time. Let's just say that way. We dropped the ball. I should have just put the source up while I was talking, but I didn't. And then you get this kind of thing. Hey, man, this is misinformation. All right, cool. We can talk about it. <laughs> no problem. This is what we do here. You know, um, you know, one of our best lanes is history. It's going to be easy to clear it up. But going back again, let me go back to the Montgomery brawl. There were some key takeaways that we had in that conversation, right? And there were some things that uh, should be saluted, right? The thing that should be saluted is that our people stuck together. That's one. We all seen it. It was a beautiful thing. It was glorious. Our people sticking together against an open enemy, right? We get that. Another beautiful takeaway was that, and it doesn't get enough credit, how the police in Montgomery, a.k.a. the Gump, handled the situation. Because, beloved, the cops that came on the scene, they was original people. Now, we know if devils, if the mix, let me say it that way, if the mix would have showed up, we know Pepper spray would have been everywhere. Tasers, if not gunshots, would have happened once they got on the scene. We don't think this. We don't, we're not imagining this. We know this. What we also know, beloved, is because you know, being that we are from the culture, that we are from the neighborhood, we know that daylight saved those devils down in Montgomery. We know that. We know if the same situation would have happened at 9 p.m. 9.30, 10 p.m. Let's be real. We know our people. Our people would have killed them. Not some of them, all of them. Shot them down, dogged them, the whole nine. Our people is, that's our people. We just know, oh man, you better thank God that this should happen. <laughs> In front of them, all you got was some slapping around in it because coming out of a nightclub and they would have seen that. Coming out of a bowling alley, and they seen that. Coming out of a brother, our people, <laughs> they'd have killed them all out there. They would have blew all them brains out out there. It just would have got real messy. 
I don't know, beloved, but maybe that's a different story for a different day. But I'm just saying, we know this. Um, now, that's some things that we can just look at and say, okay, that was, you know, our people stuck together. We like the way the police handled the situation. And then when I watched the story develop, there was other things I noticed that I felt the way about. Things like the FBI was involved. And I'm trying to figure out, well, why? Why would the FBI come down to Montgomery and get involved? Because the people that was involved or the devils that was involved, they was caught. They didn't run off nowhere. They was caught. Many of them was arrested. Okay, so if you got them in custody, then what are you coming down here with the FBI? And the way I'm looking at it now, I'm like, okay, they finished try to play like they're going to do something to those devils that they caught. And they're asking the public, hey, if you got it on your video, send it here. Send the link here to this office, this office. And when I'm, I'm like, well, what it looks like to me, beloved, is they finish out to put those people or our people that got off that boat in jail somehow, some way. They can play it up as a hate crime. They can play it up as assault. Because technically, if they just wanted to play by law, when you come off a boat and assault somebody, you wasn't really involved in the initial altercation. You, you just kind of like got involved. Um, the way that they're looking at the security guard now is even funny. Because even though the security guard get his ass whooped, we see, oh, you know, he's old school too. Old school brother just like, man, that dude was like in his 50s, late 50s I heard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, y'all jump on him? Like, that's somebody's grandfather, beloved. That's somebody's, you know, uncle. That's somebody. You tripping. But even then, they kind of, you can see that, oh, okay, they're finna turn the corner on that because he's still a security guard. He still was on duty. So even though those boys got off the ship, and they got the whooping ass, he technically is supposed to broke it up. And then technically, we all witnessed an assault. We know this. Now, they caught the devils. Why is the FBI creeping around and walking around? They finna try to make something else out of it, in my estimate. So, we, we just having a conversation, and historically, I'm showing our people, well, the retaliation that they often they do when it comes to us, when they, we talking about the devil, is embarrassed publicly is that they turn to two things. One is they use the long arm of the law and then they use employment, which the term we may use today, we may call it uh, economic sanctions. When they try to starve you out, don't let you get a job. This is kind of like what they do. So much so that if you kind of look at his, right, let's just, because uh, I got the article up, we're going to talk about it, but let's just, let's relax, let's chill out, let's build, right? If you kind of think about it, how our people been dealing with this colonizer is everything from the plantation days coming all the way up to damn near, I want to say 1970 was physical. Anything that was done publicly, I'm talking about where Krakus was hurt physically and it was out in the public, you can see it. The retaliation was always something physical. Somebody get their foot cut off, leg, bunch of slashings. Then we kind of get to the late 1800s, early 1900s. You start getting to a bunch of lynchings. Um, and then as you continue to go up all the way up to like, I want to say the civil rights movement. This is like the last 
period or area or era, pardon me, where you start to see our leaders are assassinated. The mega Evers of the world, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s of the world, our brother Malik Yohaz Shabazz, or more affectionately known as Malcolm X. This is how the assassination occurs. Yeah, we see our people, but we know it's a hidden hand. We notice that it's an assassination on the leaders, right? Not just here, globally, even in Africa, Tommy Sankara, uh, they chasing out Idi Amin, everybody. This is just what's going on when they are publicly embarrassed. Because remember, beloved Idi Amin, before you even ask him a question, our brother made you get on your knees, put your hand up and ask like you was a child. This is how he did the devils. So they're watching this. You know what I'm saying? So they come back and so it's just what it is. We just it's just what it is. But I'm showing you a pattern. Because we know that all of our studies, we know the saying, right? Right. We know the saying. We're looking at this thing in Montgomery, right? And just we're thinking about how they played in history, coming all the way up to 1970. There was a um a term that came out of New York that always stuck with me. There was a phrase that came out of New York that always stuck with me, right? There's a saying that came out of New York that always stuck with me. The saying goes like this. If you make a nigga die bleeding, you ain't do nothing. If you make a nigga die breathing, now you are doing something. Now just cook on that phrase a little bit. Because we're going to cook on it. But I want you to cook on it in your house. I want you to put it on the stove. Put that flame under it. Let it cook up and let it just. And see what that simmer like. See what that aroma look like. If you make a nigga die bleeding. You ain't did nothing. But if you make a nigga die breathing. Now you're doing something. Meaning there was a shift in the way crackers handled our people. If you go back to the old civil rights movements. When you start seeing the part, the protests and the marching, when the colonizers was violent towards us, it was all it was. A, it was like a um, it was twofold. It was the public crackers that just came out, the mom and pops. And then it was also the police officers. It was two. And then it like it was a shift after 1970. You didn't see the cracker that stayed around the corner, up the block. You know, you didn't see that. You just seen. The law out there doing it like somebody went in the back room and they made a pack like, OK, anytime we're going to jump on these niggas, we're going to use the police. Because think back to the, it was regular when you go back to those lunch counter videos and clips and you think about it in your mind, those are just regular crackers that's jumping on our people, slapping us around. Then you see after 1970, it was a quick shift. It wasn't regular crackers doing it that much and not in the open. When you start to see regular crack, they didn't do nothing. They just called the law. And then they use the law as an arm to jump on our people because when they begin to try to do it physically, you know, Rallo and them, Pookie and CJ and them, Jamarcus and them, man, they whooped their ass just like up and down that street. It was no problem. They knew our people was a God-fearing people. They knew our people listened to mama and them. And mama and them want us to be righteous. So we obeyed those that had control in the law because religiously we was almost taught well we wasn't almost taught we was taught that 
those that's in power in the law, they're almost like angels almost. And you got to have to kind of like listen to them because, you know, they represent the law. So the, it was a shift how, how our open enemy seen it. Like, okay, they begin to use the law as a tag dog against us. And those that just stood back as regular folks, they acted as spies and they would report our people to their jobs, to their places of employment, and they were firing them if they did something. Now, so that's the twofold thing. This is what I'm talking about in the Montgomery brawl. I'm like, okay, either the FBI is coming in, either somebody finna go to jail or they're going to fix it where some people are going to start losing some jobs. They're going, it's going to be hard for them to find work. And going back in history, I used a bunch of scenarios. And one that I used was an example was our brother, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. So we're going to bring it out because brothers say they went out and got some jobs. They lived a good life. You know, it wasn't like so. I'm like, all right, because uh, <laughs> sometimes, beloved, when you have a conversation, men have biographies and they have autobiographies. You can't uh, Wikipedia everything. You just can't do that. I can go make a Wikipedia page of somebody right now and hit the submit button to go. You had to listen to many of our people in their own words. They tell their own story. And then we take their story and we move forward with it. Right. Let's go to Reuters. Let's take a look and see what we got. 2008. Six minute read, London. And uh, I want to put the picture up, right? I want to put the black picture up and we're going to do a little history before we even get into the article. I want you to see those three men. First, second, and third. 1968 Olympics. You see Tommy Smith. You see John Carlos in the front, beloved. You see a gentleman named uh, Peter Norman. Um, talking about economic sanctions. Let me back up a little bit. Let's let's cook on that. When King them, peace be upon him. Well, let me, put, let me hold up. Let me back up. Let's put some respect on our ancestor name. When Doctor, that was my fault. When Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. was throwing marches and rallies. What they begin to do, we talking about our open enemy, was they could show up at the church that he may speak at. They may not go in to be disruptive. What they begin to do is get the license plate of the people that's there, take photos of who showed up, send the information back to their employers and get them fired. This is what they begin to start doing. They, it was a shift. Watch it. I want you to follow me. It's a shift going into the 1960s. Then it's like 1970. The pages, it was turned. And then you go from there to here and you start to see anybody that's from our people that get out of line. Either the law is put on them. Or they're going to suffer some kind of economic sanction, right? It's an unofficial sanction, but nevertheless, that's when the powers that be starve you out. You know what I mean? Uh, in the sports world, right? Let me take you back. In the sports world, we've seen this happen to our brother Chris Jackson. Uh, Abdul Raouf is what his changed his name. He's a Muslim. He converted in 1991. When he turned that page and they began to do the they it was an economic sanction. They blackballed him out the NBA or the JBA because we know the small hats run that. Same thing with Craig Hodges. When he started talking about different social ills and all of this, he played for the Chicago Bulls. Remember Craig, he had a good three-pointer. Play with Mike. Yeah, when he got out, that league, Mike couldn't help him get back in that league because it was over Mike's pay grade. 
Same thing happened uh, more recent, right? Because these are older gentlemen. Let me come up to, let's say, Colin Kaepernick. Economic sanction. They didn't like what he did. So what did they do? They, they starved him out of his place of employment. This man been playing this game since he was a kid. He got the skill set down. Now, whether I agree, did you show, should you show up to your job and do A, B, and C? That's a different story of a different day. But I'm just showing you there's a track record of what they do when they are displeased with you. When you do something in public that they feel as though embarrass them, right? So uh, I think Colin is going to be a, a good way that we segue it back to Peter Norman because their situation is very, very close. It's very interesting how they kind of like, but we know that the devil don't have no new tricks. He does the same thing over and over. But again, the guy in the front, Peter Norman, he's an Australian track athlete, right? Uh, he was the one that won the silver medal, right? Now. Talking about economic sanctions, when Tommy Smith and John Carlos was going through their thing in America, Peter was going through his thing in Australia because he wore a badge on the podium to support those brothers. The badge that he wore was the Olympic Project for Human Rights. So they sit in the back, right? Let me just show you how this how the scenario play out. They sit in the back. Tommy Smith and John Carlos already know what they're going to do when they hit the, when they hit that podium, when they hit that stand. They know what they're going to do. Beloved, don't you know it was Norman? It was it was the Gentile, as our Hebrew Israelite brothers say, right? It was the Gentile, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that uh, suggested that Smith and Carlos, they put the black glove on. It was him that suggested that. Peter. That's why if you kind of look at the photo, and I, I got it up, they have mismatched gloves on. One got one on the right hand. The other brother got it on the left hand. And then Peter, he just wore, he had put the badge on, right? And it was um, it was something that Pete came up with. Now, when he went back to Australia, he caught it. But Tommy Smith and John Carlos that stayed in America, they caught it as well. Now, they shouldn't have caught it. But they did catch it because our people, um, we are a loving people, but we're not a, a sacrificing people. If that makes sense, you, you're going to get a lot of love. If you stand up for our people, uh, you're going to get a whole lot of love, a whole lot of compassion. Whether our people are going to sacrifice to make sure you're straight, we're not going to do that. That's just not in our history that we do that. That's why many civil rights leaders, they lost their jobs and everything and they died broke. They died poor because they got love from the village, not money. See, when you start giving people money, you're sacrificing what you got to make sure that they got because they made an ultimate sacrifice, too. So while we talking about Tommy Smith and John Carlos today, just know that the economic sanctions that was put on them by the open enemy, our people could have recovered them and then through sacrifice. We could have. We didn't because we're going to let you take the whole stand and we're going to let you go out there and speak for us and march for us and protest for us. And you're going to be that lightning book for us but if you need finances at the end it's not it's not coming you know what i'm saying we only know how to give our money to pork chop now if you're a reverend pork chop and you're doing it you may be straight if you're just a regular guy like a umar beloved we know it's taking way too long for umar as many lectures as his brother give as many times as he stand to five people on all these major media outlets whether we like umar or not he stand for black folks he had proven that it's it's stamped in concrete is what it is. He's have 
But when it comes to sacrifice, now to give them the money to get this, that's something different. We ain't gonna do that. We're going to soak up all the brother energy. We're going to listen to everything he got to say. We're going to want him to give more, a thousand more free lectures. We just like to be, we love that intellectual masturbation. We're just going to get off on that, going back and forth. We want to debate Umar everything. But when it's time to make a sacrifice to put something in our brother's pockets, because Umar is not a religious leader and we are trained as black folks to only give our money to religious leaders, then a lot of things that our brother stand for suffers because we only know how to receive. That's why the BET Awards is like it is. Your famous artists can get on the stage and they say everything, but they're not going to say anything to raise money for any calls, any Alzheimer's, any herpes, any STD awareness, any breast cancer. No. All we know how to do as a people, unfortunately, is just think about ourselves. That I don't know. Maybe that is a different story for a different day. Framed in one of the iconic images of the tumultuous 1960s, two young men stand on the victory podium at the Mexico City Olympics with black glove fists raised in their heads. Bow. Tommy Smith and John Carlos. First and third in the 1968 Games 200 meters final had followed their track triumphs with the unprecedented protests on behalf of oppressed American blacks. The reaction to the silent gesture flashed around the global village was swift, savage, and unforgiving. Is that from my community? The reaction or from theirs? They're talking about theirs. Avery Brundage. The autocratic head of the IOC was outraged and the pair was ordered to leave the athlete, uh, the athlete's village. This coming from the top down. So if Avery saying something, somebody says something to him and somebody see this talking behind the closed doors. Now, I just I want to paint the picture because I was making the comparison between this scenario and the Montgomery brawl. They're embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? See, the American Negro is see. You, your master's best well-trained dog that he got on the planet. You are. He could easily control the rest of the uh, colored folks on the planet because he got control of you. You're the smartest. The American Negro is the smartest on the planet, most savviest. You got the most energy. You're bright. You're vibrant. You're all this. So when the devil controls you, he controls the planet's best resource. So when you get out of line, you belong to him. He's going to get you back in line, Kanye. He going to get you back in line, Prince. He going to get you back in line, Michael Jackson. He going to get you back in line, Mike Tyson. He going to get your ass back in line because you belong to him. Now, you came out and embarrassed your master on a global stage, Colin Kaepernick. Something must be done. What must be done? We got to put these niggas back in their place. You come out here in the 1968 Olympics, we, we got your ass out the ghetto. And you got the nerve to be talking about some social protests? Boy, you're out of your place, boy. And we're going to have to put you back in your place, boy. What was back in your place? We're going to send you back home to the hood. But let's see what happened after they sent them back to the after they sent them back to the hood. At home, they were heroes to their contemporaries. That's us. Pariahs to the establishment. You know what pariahs mean? Outcasts. To who? The establishment. Who was the establishment? The colonizer. 
the one that run your community. You was out of place with him. You was out of pocket with him. So he's going to get you back in pocket. But how is he going to do it, beloved? Carlo's wife committed suicide. Smith's marriage collapsed and both men struggled for years to make a living. Beloved, we call this an unofficial economic sanction. I ain't going to read no more. I'll let you read the rest. That's called an economic sanction. That's when they say, we ain't doing no business with them. Let them starve. Now, if you got the wheel in the heart of a champion, eventually they work themselves out that rut. Look what took place before they worked themselves out of that rut. Carlo's wife committed suicide. Did you know that? Smith's marriage collapsed. Come on, man. You got original women. That money get funny. Things finna get tight over there. Every woman can't take the phone ringing and you're getting death threats. They can't take that. They got to be a special woman built for that. Everybody can't take that. Both men struggled to make a living. Beloved, this was the point I was making. Now, let's fast forward to today. Think about the story that we just read. Don't that sound like Colin? Don't that sound like Kaepernick? Your brother VJ told you what to some. Some of y'all, I'm, I'm your brother. Some of y'all, I'm your uncle. When your uncle talking, beloved, just be quiet and listen to Uncle VJ. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about, beloved. Be quiet. You think I'm? Me, beloved, you think I'm a, I'm a misguide of our people? I'm going to produce miscommunication, misinformation? <laughs> You keep talking, man, and you shut the fuck up, huh? Some of these niggas just need to be quiet. Don't this sound like Kellen Kaepernick, though? Why did Kaepernick kneel? Was that his idea? No. It was a cracker that played on the team. Pulled him to the side. Let me back up a little bit. It was a cracker that was a part of the armed forces. Put him to the side and say, man, you know what? You should play that thing like this. Just go down, Neil, do a silent protest. And then and then our brother Colin came back with the blowback. Is that not right? Now he faced the what? Unofficial, but official economic sanction. Now, let's go back to this situation with our brother Tommy Smith and John Carlos. It was a cracker from Australia that pulled him to the, hey, man, y'all should do it like this. I'm going to put the badge up and huh, put the gloves on. And y'all should do it like this. Head bowing and they took the shoes off. Like, yo, we should do it like this. Because if you notice, uh, our brothers had the, I believe it was Puma at that time, but they had the shoes off. That was a representation of poverty. And then what did the pariahs, because they became pariahs, outcasts, what did the establishment say that they was doing? Hey, look, they this they doing it to the flag. They they dishonoring the flag. They dishonoring the anthem. The devil don't come up with no new tricks. The devil ain't got no new tricks for you, but like, he ain't gonna. He's the same thing. When you seen Kellen Kaepernick do a silent protest, he, he was said for police brutality. What they they switched the narrative and turned everything on. They put it on the flag. They put it on the country. They put it on the anthem. When your brothers in the 1968 Olympics did when they did that fist 
head bowed, shoes off as a representation of prayer and poverty, what did the devil turn it to? Oh, look, man, it got it's the anthem. They just, you know, it's the flag. They <laughs> can't make it up. He ain't got no new tricks. So, what do we say on this platform, beloved? Of all our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. Beloved, if we study the history, or if we study our history, like we're supposed to, and the relationship that we have with our open enemy, we can predict what he's going to do next. He's not going to do nothing, no. All he's going to do is the same thing he's been doing over and over and over. He ain't got nothing, no. Beloved, that's the point I was trying to make. Anytime the investment is public, it's public. Well, we know when it's public, he run back into the offices, into quiet chambers, into rooms, and they get to talking about the retaliation. And the retaliation, when it comes to us, especially after 1970, always fall in connection to the law or economics. That's the blowback that we get for standing up publicly. Not only publicly, well, we spiking the ball and every goddamn thing. I'm talking about, brother, you go on TikTok. <laughs> you go on TikTok, beloved, and it's, um, beloved, it's a whole thing there, right? And when you and, um, when you enjoy your battle, or a victory of a battle, ain't nothing wrong with that. But how about we really begin to spike that ball, beloved, when we win the war? Celebrating battles is cool because we need to win one battle at a time. But beloved, we have to celebrate the war ultimately. And that's our that's our end game and that's our end goal. And we're going to leave it there. We just wanted to clear something up. Misinformation was put on the table. So we went to London and we said, man, they even know better in London what happened over here. Your own people don't even know what happened. They can look at, I said, I don't know, man. I think brothers just looking at Wikipedia or some shit and they just running with it. They, I can make up a Wikipedia page today or tomorrow. You can too. Let our people tell their own story. Folks' wives, beloved, ain't committing suicide and folks ain't losing marriages because they got the good job over there. My man say they was some at the, at the uh, you keep talking, man, and you shut the fuck up, huh? Good job at Puma and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody jumped up, uh, my man say they jumped up and ran a, a Puma and, and all this and, and, oh, nigga, don't shake my head, nothing. Somebody better clear this story up about why folk killing themselves if they everybody ran up and had a good job. Everybody would take a stand. You don't even know your enemy then. You don't even know your enemy if you think your enemy going to let you embarrass him in the public forum and you're going to walk off and you're going to just walk to the run off to the sunset and just goddamn get a good job at Puma and all this. Our people should be quiet, man. We're going to leave it there. Love, we're going to leave it there. Because goddamn it, if you get reward for standing up to the establishment, every fucking body you do it. This is why they don't. This is why they don't. 
Peace and black power to your family. Hey, 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 beloved, we thank you guys so much for hanging out. We talked about some history, beloved. Until next time, this is Big VJ, Real Black Content Form Podcast. We're going to get it with you guys later. Peace. Nigga, next time you hear grown folks talking, shut the fuck up, yeah?